As everyone's favorite artist once said, it's five o'clock somewhere, and we are going to figure out just what to drink. You are listening to the What to Drink podcast with your host, Connor Taylor, and producer, Bobby Deason. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What to Drink. Uh, we're going to pair with Flair on this podcast, tell you what to drink in certain situations, seasons, scenarios, all of the above. Uh, bubbles, a.k.a. Bobby Deason, is here. How you doing, Bobby? There are the Bubbles again. There's the... Uh, I'm doing pretty good today. <laughs> How about you? I'm doing great. Actually, I had a little distressing moment earlier. I guess it's not distressing. I should be proud. But somebody, somebody was talking to me, and they said, hey, listen to a couple of the podcasts. And we really love, I really love Bobby. I want to know more about him, uh, which is great. He's like, he comes in with all these little quips, and they're really funny. We need uh, more Bobby. And so I think what they were getting at is they want less Connor. Less, less you. <laughs> Maybe more of a balance. I'm yeah. not really sure, but um, it made me a little uncomfortable. I'm just going to admit it. I'm going to be, this is, you know, for, for us, this is a therapist couch as much as it is anything else. Um, you will probably one day out, oust me for this job. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like the less is more uh, approach. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that makes mine more is less. <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, yeah. uh, I just want to give you a little shout out there. And we're going to be asking you some more bio questions, you know, throughout this. Gonna maybe, maybe we'll do a whole podcast featuring oh. Bobby. So get ready for that. The Bubbles episode. <laughs> the Bubbles episode. But today, we, uh, we've got a two-for-one. We're really excited to have mm-hmm. two people uh, you might have heard of before. Uh, if anything, you know a lot of their, their wines. We're ex- so excited to have uh, Derek Benham, who is the chairman and owner of Purple Wine Brands, and his director of winemaking, Stephen Erberg. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes. Great. Yeah, thanks for Pleasure. having us on. So if you got, if our, our audience has ever heard of perhaps Blackstone or Mark West or Scattered Peaks or Avalon, uh, Derek is the gentleman that is behind all of those wines. And uh, today, specifically, I'm really excited to talk about Rayburn, the Rayburn Winery, and, uh, and specifically Rayburn Sonoma County Chardonnay, which is one of my favorites. So I'm so excited to have you guys on to talk about Rayburn Wines. Well, thank you. We, We're uh, ready to talk about them. Let's do it. And <laughs> I poured a little bit as well because, you know, you can't, have, you can't talk about them without. And by the way, guys, i got to paint a picture. Stephen here has, uh, what would you say, 36 glasses of Pinot Noir behind you. I think you're doing some blending. Uh, so that's, I'm just painting the scene here. There's, there's wine everywhere. It's a good setting for a podcast, I feel like. I've actually got a glass of kombucha here. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe I should put some wine in it. There we uh, go. I've got, I've got Chardonnay, we, too. <laughs> Stephen's got the Chardonnay as well. I love it. So let's talk about the two of you first. Let's talk about, Derek, can I ask you a little bit about your history and kind of what was your aha moment when you realized that wine, you know, is, is, is kind of your life, if you don't mind. I mean, it, it, your, your calling. Well, I mean, actually, sort of grew up in an ag you know, environment. My father was a farmer, um, but not the sort of small town gentleman farmer. He, he farmed 55,000 acres of, uh, of, uh, trees actually pistachios and almonds. And then he had, there's three or 4,000 acres of, uh, a vineyard, but I wasn't really interested in 
you know, in, in wine at that, uh, at that time and, uh, sort of grew, um, grew more interested in it as, as I sort of took it on as a, as a living. But I, you know, I grew up in sort of a beer drinking, uh, environment and, and, uh, you know, that's what, that was my go-to. And then uh, after I, Graduated from uh, University of California at Berkeley in 1981. I, I realized uh, uh, that I had to get a job, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know it was kind of a, a it was a I, there wasn't a lot of choice back then. You guys were you guys were little wee lads, but uh, it was kind of a tough moment in um, in our sort of economic history. We had interest rates. At, Everybody's complaining about interest rates going up right now to five or six percent, you know. But back then, they, they, we were coming out of uh, you know a, a huge recession, and uh, interest rates were fifteen to twenty percent. And unemployment was um, uh, double digit. There wasn't a lot of opportunity, even for a, a, a Cal grad who had a, a double major in philosophy and English lit. What? Right? <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with that? Right. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I, like, I guess I could bullshit my way into just about anything. But any, any rate, the, I think my my uh, options were a, a manager at a in a, a, a shoe department and then a department store. And um, what else was there? There was something uh, uh, I can't remember. I, I think it was a uh, oh yeah yeah. Or I could have, have done sort of analytics for uh, Macy's. I think, and I, that was not something I was into. Or I could I could start selling wine. Yeah, um, option C. I, I thought <laughs> decided on the wine. I just decided on the wine option because it was legal, and and uh, just started selling wine out of. Uh, for a, a small Lodi-based winery, kind of a crappy uh, winery and wines. But in the Bay Area, that's what I did. I just loaded them up in the back of a 67 Mustang. Didn't know anything about it. They they sent me a price list and a, and a bunch of samples and said, go to work. And and so I just started cruising around and calling, cold calling uh, accounts. So my background is in sales, right? And and uh, not in the... the uh, uh, the production side of it, although, you know, I got experience and exposure in it later on. And uh, I ended up talking my way into, it was kind of a, a rough time for the winery, and I ended up talking my way into running it uh, <laughs> at, the, at the tender age, I think of 26 or 27. They were about to shut it down. I said, give me a shot at it. Let me see if I can turn this thing around. I didn't know Sikkim from come here. But, um, you know, I was, I was long on, uh, uh, long on bullshit and bravado. So, uh, they, they threw me the keys, um, and, uh, kind of walked away from it. And I, I got in there and, and, uh, got it settled and straightened out and, and then, uh, uh sold it for them subsequently and got them off the hook of a lot of, uh, obligations. And that's kind of where I cut, that's kind of where I cut my teeth. Wow. Uh, it was, was that sort of trial by fire, um, in a turnaround situation, but I, I got exposure in all different aspects of, of the business. And that was kind of like my aha moment. You know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to have my own business. I always knew that I was going to have my own uh, business. I was, I, 
I wasn't going to uh, work for anybody long term. Not not because I didn't want to, but more because nobody would hire me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame them. Yeah. And uh, so I that's when I decided I was going to uh, start my own business, and uh, I was going to do it actually virtually. Uh, so that means that means I would use third party um, services and production to make my wines for me. And, and, uh, and I would create the brands cause I felt like that's where all the value was, was in, was in, uh, was in the brand creation. And that's where my, my uh, passion lies. And that's quite common these days to use third party services. In fact, that's something that we provide for other people in, in, uh, in our winery. But back in the day, in the in the mid uh, to late eighties, nobody else was doing that. I was I was a pioneer in in, um, in, in sort of virtual uh, winery um, and branding, and that's that's when uh, I created the Blackstone brand, which was in the uh, early nineties. It was completely virtual. Wow! So that's a a matter of under a decade. How how long were you at that first the the Zinfandel winery? How long until you? Yeah, said that? Uh, it wasn't a Zinfandel winery. I wish we had Zinfandel. It was more like back in that day. It was like Chenin Blanc and Riesling and White <laughs> Zinfandel. Was the was the uh, you know because remember the whole fighting varietal scene and the whole uh, sort of fragmentation of the wine industry into boutique and craft and and farm to table and interesting story uh you know that sort of thing that that all that all was beginning in the mid 80s mid to late 80s and then really flourished in uh in in the 90s so i was i was there for uh i started in uh in 82 and i left in i was i was there for about five years six five or yeah about five years and then i started uh this um uh the blackstone and what was called the codera wine group um with my brother in the, in the late eighties, I would say like 1988. Um, and then we, we built uh, Blackstone, uh, to about 700,000 cases and sold that in 2001 to wow. constellation brands. Right. And that's when I started purple wine company. It was in, um, 2000, late 2001. And, um, we, we had three brands at that, at that time. Um, Rock Rabbit, which was a Syrah brand that we eventually sold, uh, and uh, Avalon, which is a uh, cab-based brand, which we still have, and Mark West, which was our, a Pinot Noir-centric brand, and that's the brand that uh, that uh, caught fire, and and we eventually um, sold in, in 2012 again to Constellation, and it was about 650,000 cases. Now, those two brands... Those two brands were at their peak after Constellation took them well north of two million case uh, brands, so power brands in their in their categories. And and then after that, we started to focus on moving the our uh, our portfolio a little bit up market, you know, more uh, um, into that fifteen to twenty five dollar range. And that was when we we hatched the uh, uh, the Rayburn Winery brand. So I do want to say, so tasting the Chardonnay for the first time, I was just blown away by the balance, right, of, of kind of the, the creamy, the, you know, 
what you call in California the 90s style versus something with acidity and, and you know, mm-hmm. something that could also be paired with food. So, Stephen, can you talk a little bit about about how the Chardonnay, how do you find, how do you strike that balance? Well, well first of all, we've got to give another shout out to Joe Tapro, who's been the winemaker on this wine for a long time. Um, but in, in terms of, of, of style and what we're trying to accomplish with this is, you know, having a wine that's really expressing the character of the vineyard. And we're, we're in Sonoma and it's a cool climate and it's perfect for Chardonnay and, and for Pinot with our, our cool evening, slows the ripening, delivers us fruit that gets to hang out on the vine a little bit longer because it's ripening slower with bright acidity, develops deeper flavors, more complexity. And we want to capture that in the bottle. So rather than like you're referring to the, um, you know, the, the big um, flat over oaked over ML characters where that's all really a, a winemaking character. That's a um, driven in the winery, not, not in the vineyard. You can, you can start with a lot of different things, but they'll taste the same when you, when you come out at the end of that. But what right. we want to do is take that, that fruit character, that cool climate, chardonnay character that we get in sonoma and elevate that so the ml that we have in it um isn't going to be big and buttery it's going to be just a little bit round and creamy put a softer edge on it um the oak that we put into it's not going to be uh big and imposing it's going to be there you're, you're going to taste it a little bit of toastiness uh, a little bit of texture to frame and elevate the fruit but not overpower it and at, at, in the end, we want to really deliver that that ripe peach, that um, apple character to it. it was, we've got pears, and then and then Sonoma, we also get a little bit of this uh, tropical kind of pineapple character to it, which is nice, and uh, have enough bright acidity to give you a nice, clean, long finish. Yeah, it's just nice with Chardonnay when one thing doesn't dominate the other things when it's all nice mm-hmm. and you know. The buzzword today is balance. Drink every time I say the word balance, but when it's balance, balance and it's, elegant. Yeah. If your phone was uh, on the fritz and you can only text me about Rayburn Chardonnay, what would you text me in emojis? I would. I would be. It would be an apple, a pear, and then it would be that explosion one. You know, the the big part. <laughs> yes. Then a tongue. Somehow my internet just went out for a second. I heard apple pear explosion, the tongue, and what were the other? What were the last things you said? That's just the the, the really super happy face, or the, got the big huge grin. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right, Stephen, what what do you got? I, I had I had pretty much the same fruit. I think I threw in a pineapple, and then I was trying to find a uh, a barrel, a wooden barrel, but there's not a mm. barrel emoji. There's an oil drum. But that wasn't going to get us there. So, um, co- consulted with the with the Gen Z on, on our team, and and came up with there, there's a a smiley drooling face, Ooh. and mm. then a uh, smiley face with uh, hearts on the eyes and hearts floating around. Perfect. I don't think we've had a drooly face yet. That's a that's a good one. It's for the acidity, right? It takes you to drool school, as we say. Great. In anticipation. Yes, so. exactly. All right. Well, tell me then, what bingeable Netflix or streamable show 
uh, would you drink, would you watch with this wine? This is a tough one, right? I was, uh, I was thinking about it because a lot of the shows I like are, are super dark, you know, right. <laughs> but kind of dark comedy sort of things. And I'm like, well, maybe that's not the, um, the best pairing, but I, I, <laughs> It, it occurred to me, I think that season one of White Lotus. Oh yes, you know where, you know where they're in uh, they're in Hawaii and Maui and at the Four Seasons. And that, I think that that works. Stephen, what about you? Well, I, I surveyed the. Uh, I, I couldn't come up with. Cause I'm not watching a lot of bingeable TV series, but um, surveying the <laughs> winemaking department. <laughs> They they came up with uh, White Lotus also. Oh so wow! I haven't, I haven't I haven't seen the show, so I'm gonna have to check it out. I have to stock up with some that's, more wine. That's so, fantastic! It's really but good. We did come up in the, in the negative, and and everybody voted down Squid Game. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> so no no Squid Game. No, that, I mean that that might be a little rough and force you to drink the bottle too quickly. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's good it's good to you know to, to narrow things down for it's like blind yeah. tasting figure out what it's not first and then you find you know figure out what it is so white lotus sounds like that's the uh and steven um i think there's seven or eight episodes right so you've got just take the rest of the day just take the rest of the day there we go, go. And, I've, got, I've got a long weekend coming up there you go <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk food pairings what are we what what should we eat with rayburn chardonnay Dun- dungeness crab or um you know, uh, we used to do these big uh, lobster boils too, which is nice. Where you got all you know the big Cajun style thing, and you throw in some lobster tails and dump it out on the table, and that's an, those, those are the ones that uh, this time of year make me think about uh, great pair for this one. Oof, I, I agree with that. I I went with um, gosh, I I had some uh, about some swordfish steaks, the really thick cut mm. uh, swordfish steaks. Uh, yesterday and I I put a like olive oil and like a rub on them and then salt and pepper and then you know just seared them on uh, on both sides and and uh, you know had some mushrooms and couscous and some um, call, sauteed cauliflower and ah, damn that was a good <laughs> it, and then I had this raver and that was solid but I would say you know uh, uh, the, kind of the white fish stay with the, you know, the soul snappers, um, uh, genre. And I think, uh, that the, you know, you can't go wrong. Uh, this is a versatile wine though. I, I, because it, it's got great acidity. Uh, so I think, you know, you could, you could pair it with, um, you know, uh, uh, chicken, chicken dishes that don't, don't necessarily have, uh, you know, tomato at, in, involved in them, but, uh, uh, and, and, uh, pork, and of course, there's you know uh, a solid bag of of uh, thick cut potato chips. Ooh, yes, <laughs> ruffles. I'm all that, over that. Yeah. Yeah, while you're exactly. watching White Lotus, yes, ruffles. While you're watching White Lotus, <laughs> exactly. ruffles with ridges. A little bit of White Lotus. Oh, ruffles are a guilty pleasure. <laughs> They're so good. How do they do oh, it? God. Someone told me. Tell me if you guys agree with this. Someone told me that. Uh, with with Chardonnay, if you would add, and especially with Chardonnay with mallow, a little bit of mallow, if you would add butter to a dish, then it's a good pairing for a Chardonnay. Does that apply to to this? Do you think, or is it? I mean, there's so much acidity in this one that it can. It's kind of more, even yeah, more versatile I, I think, than that, right? I think from that standpoint, um, going going with the with this wine that's bright and doesn't have 
too much oak in it um going after stuff that 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 is that does have a lot of butter in it or creaminess or something like you know heavy cream sauce or something like that having that extra acidity is nice to cut through that great palate cleanser bring you back for more right Hmm. i agree with that so I think it's time for the big reveal, which is what Bobby and I think, or at least what I think this wine pairs perfectly with. And I hope you guys would be okay with this, me telling you this, but I think Rayburn Chardonnay pairs perfectly with a bubble bath. All right. Uh, and hear me out, because I like to have something. So I, I don't know if you guys, the whole audience knows this about me. I'm a huge bubble bath aficionado. Love it. Uh, I'm talking bath bombs. I'm talking bubbles. Uh, get some really good good thinking time. What in about there. the candles? Got the candles? Oh, are you kidding too? me? Yeah, it's just uh, hundred hundreds of candles. It's looks rubber. <laughs> looks like looks like a looks like a, a French cathedral in there. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, it's a serene place. There's uh, Yanni's playing in the background. Uh, <laughs> but most importantly, and I've got actually got a little like a little shower caddy. It's called. It's it sticks to the side of the shower, up to the of the wall, and you can put. I do a little Govino glass in there. I'm not kidding y'all. And I, I found that Chardonnay is the best thing in a bath. But most yeah. more specifically, it's got. I I agree with that. You got a bit, but that Chardonnay Chardonnay better be. Very cold. You got you get it really. I stick it in the freezer a good ten minutes before. Pro pro tip. Pro tip. Exactly. Exactly. So I just want. Yeah. So are you guys okay with that? With that answer? Absolutely. I mean, whatever floats your boat, man. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I don't judge. If you've got uh, if you've got enough water to fill the tub, then there you go. Exactly. Well, yeah, here's we the... can't. You see, we can't do that in California, my. Uh, oh you know, wow. That water situation. So what we do. What we do is we we have spas, right? So we have these jacuzzis, and that's kind of our bath. Oh yeah, okay. Because we feel the same super guilty if we fill a tub up <laughs> with, with so and sh- we get fined. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> okay, so here's the water police. <laughs> so Stephen, let me build your afternoon for you. You should probably do a bubble bath. You should probably have an iPad playing White Lotus Season One in there, and then some Rayburn Chardonnay, right? We, we we can do that because it's it's raining now, so maybe we're getting <laughs> you're under cover of rain. We'll go out there, uh, put a bucket out, collect some water. <laughs> That's uh, that'll be my guide for the weekend. There you Get go. Some soaking and uh, and some white lotus, and uh, make a stop at the sample room and uh, load up on chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a wonderful weekend. That's yeah, probably yeah. how. I'll... So uh, so. Last little question here. What uh, do you have any cool projects? I think I'm holding one right now. I'm going to show it to the camera here. We just I've seen just saw this for the first time. Rayburn mm-hmm. Cabernet. That's really that's really cool. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean we've got we got a few cool projects going on. I'm going to let Steve uh, um, sort of uh, talk through it, but that the Cabernet. So yeah, the Cabernet uh, Sauvignon has uh, just been released. And um, uh, that we're really, really uh, excited about it. Um, and we've, uh, we're also uh, planning on releasing a, uh, um, a Lake County Sauvignon Blanc uh, late spring. Um, and uh, Steve can talk uh, more about that. And then we've got um, High Flyer Reserve uh, Russian River Chardonnay um, that is coming out. And then later in the year, I, I understand, I think, uh, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, 
later in the year a, a reserve uh, Russian River Pinot Noir. Ooh. Yeah, and um, it, it's a, <laughs> we've got a lot of good stuff on the on the uh, on the palette here. So, in terms of those those two reserve uh, Chardonnay and Pinot, those are those are fun wines that are to make where we're going through everything that we've brought in uh, from across either Russian River or uh, for the Chardonnay. Uh, well, that's that's also our, our favorites on that one are all, all Russian River as well. And picking through the barrel lots and, and finding, uh, making our, our ideal blend out of that. So that's the nice thing about making a larger volume of wine is that there's always a, you can always go in there and skim off some of that cream and make your, your favorite blend out of it. And that's what those, those two barrel select lots are going to represent. Uh, the Chardonnay is, we're, we're just, um, we've got the blend done. We're just settling on the final details of the label. So as soon as we get that label on the bottle, we'll get that one out to market. And the, uh, the, the Pinot is on its way as well. So those are, those are fun wines. The Sauvignon Blanc that, you know, we're looking at the, the popularity of that. And I've always been a, um, a bright wine enthusiast. So getting on board with that, putting together a 22 vintage Sauvignon Blanc um, from Lake County, North Coast. And we'll hope to have that out on the market um, for for the spring. We'll, we'll have it out in the springtime. Spoiler uh, alert: these millennials, like myself, will drink it. So thank you for, yeah, for well, Sauvignon Blanc. Is uh, yeah, that's that's where we're, we are in our progression of a rosé to Pinot Grigio and yeah, a Sauvignon Blanc. We're trying that. We're trying to move beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Take the training wheels off. It takes a village. The best we can. It takes and a then, uh, again, this, this Cabernet that we're real excited about from, from Sonoma County. There's all kinds of wonderful cab in that, uh, in that county, in, in the warmer neighborhoods. And we've gone through and, and selected quite a bit of uh, great fruit out of there that we're putting together. And um, just, I think it's just shipping to market right now. And uh, we're, we're expect to see a big release as, as uh, springtime comes around, and, and a lot of um, a lot of locations across the United States. A big national release coming up. We would love to have you guys on again at some point to tell us what to drink with the Cabernet or the Sauvignon Blanc, uh, either one. If you uh, if if you'd have us, absolutely anytime. Yeah, awesome uh, guys. This has been a so much fun and so much education and infotainment packed into this last little bit here. So. Uh, Derek and Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today on uh, the What to Drink podcast. It's a it's a it's a pleasure. We look forward to uh, uh, doing it again with you guys, and uh, um, look forward to seeing you in the market soon. Uh, Bobby, One of my favorite markets. Yeah, Bobby and I are going to come crash uh, California too. You've been warned. Yeah. We're going to come we're come hang. You're out. always welcome. You're always- <laughs> I won't bubble bath for you know the whole entire time. We'll, we'll f- try to find jacuzzis, but. Uh, <laughs> Thanks so much, guys, and uh, yeah. we will we will chat with you soon. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, guys. Bye.